Hey, all you nature nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another installation of You're Gonna Die Out There, where we talk about, uh, you know, nature. I'm Jen, sitting across from my co-host, Megan, who is going to tell our story today. Absolutely. I totally know what you're going to talk about because you you spilled the beans as soon as I got here. I I like being surprised. I was so excited. I know you do. I mean, you're a little bit surprised. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. I just didn't know when. Um, At the end of this episode, we are going to shout out some patrons. That is exciting. It is. Jen sent me this message the other day about, I don't know if you guys know that cat that's on TikTok that just like sits next to different fruity drinks. Yeah. And has like some or kind alcoholic of alcoholic beverages. Yeah, some kind of beverage. There's like usually a disco ball. It's Stefan, the cat. He always has like one arm like leaning up on the table. And he's over it. He's having his end of the day drink. Well, he happens to be from Ukraine, him and his owner. And yeah. I know he has like a million followers on TikTok. Jeez. So there's a lot of people who were really worried because they didn't hear or see anything for a while and weren't mm-hmm. sure what was going going on but there was a message that they had uh, made it to France that's great so they're there they're safe it's all a tough thing to watch we're hoping for the best so I have some science news today I'm excited to hear your science news um as you should be because it is pretty fun so last episode we talked about the Channel Islands in California which are compared to the Galapagos Yes. Because of their biodiversity and just, you know, how interesting they are to study as far as like evolution and all that stuff. I found an article which was published on March 14th that there was a potential new species of giant tortoise discovered in the Galapagos Islands. What? They're starting to look more into the DNA. So they found fossils of old dead tortoises in some of the caves and then they have the species now there are 14 recognized species of galapagos giant tortoise of those there's 13 species that are currently alive one was presumed extinct maybe until this study was mm-hmm. the pinta island tortoise which was the last one died in 2012 which we all know as lonesome george Oh, yeah. I actually went back and read a little bit about poor Lonesome George because, you know, I'd heard about him, but I had never really read too much about it. But apparently he was found or first seen on the island of Pinta in 1971 by this Hungarian malacologist, um, Joseph... V- uh, Joseph. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Joseph V. I'm Joseph assuming that was a V. Joseph V. That was a <laughs> Wow, you're really good at that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so the whole island, I guess, the vegetation on the island had been just ravaged by feral goats they found this single individual this single tortoise and they're like they're like we got to take him back so they ended up taking him relocating him for his own good to the charles darwin research station on santa cruz island and there he spent out the rest of his life there was a tortoise breeding center and the main biologist Mm -hmm. there was fausto lorena they thought he's the only one Right then. I mean, they right. couldn't find any other ones. Yeah. This is the only one of this um, species or subspecies. And so they tried mating him with some other ones. There were a few clutches, but none of the eggs were viable. Oh. He died in 2012, natural causes. Some people there thought he had been hatched as early as 1910, making him 102 years old. But David Attenborough was like, nah, he's probably like 80 
or younger. If uh, David Attenborough says it, then I mean, it's true. Through like these new DNA samples, it's looking like the tortoises that are there now mm-hmm. might actually be more related to this extinct species. So they might be recharacterizing or renaming or saying this is a new species, but they still have some work to go. But I guess the government in Ecuador was like, made an announcement. They're like, we have a new species. This is amazing. <laughs> and they like already put it out there. And the, probably the scientists or biologists are just like, Damn. It's just someone in their social media. Right. It's like, sounds great. Let's do it. They're like, that is so exciting. Post it now. So when you have all these islands and what's so interesting is there was probably way, way back like one tortoise. And then the islands shifted or things changed and these ended up over here and these ended up and then time goes by, right? And then yeah, this yeah. evolves into a little bit of a different species or subspecies or whatever. They think that this one group of tortoises on the island originally split to two and they said possibly like a high land and a lowland species of uh, varieties and that could have been because of sea level rises and then the islands like splitting in two so the lowland group which may be the ancestors of these dead specimens they found in this cave so they would have colonized some of the other galapagos islands with their descendants becoming the species now no, that like they, they found yeah um and those that are related to the ancestors of the living specimens in the highland group separated to other islands right Mm. so it's like one and then it's split to two and then now we have all these different subspecies it's likely that the both group of tortoises were like living with each other in san cristobal over like a few hundred years when the sea levels weren't as high these giant tortoises then came back together to form one population that they're kind of looking at now Anyway, so they think they might have a new one. They're still doing DNA. The other cool thing is they talked about how, of course, tortoises aren't good swimmers. Right, yeah, no. But when you think about them going to other islands, they can actually float. They just like flip over on their backs or something and just like, they get like a little stick as a paddle. (laughs) So they're not good swimmers, but they're actually able to float with their heads above the water and they can survive without food for up to six months, food or water. What? Yeah. So they could have like gone in the water and just been like swept around by the ocean currents and ended up on other islands and then evolved. Just tossed onto the beach. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I was reading about Lonesome George that... Lonesome George. He sounds like a cowboy. (laughs) Well, it was in the 70s. He's like a tall, skinny tortoise. I mean, he kind of does look like... Look at his long, skinny neck. Oh, God, he does. That's creepy. (laughs) But here's the sad thing. His caretaker, Fausto, Mm -hmm. had been taking care of him for 40 years when he found him dead. That's sad. That's sad. So they actually sent him to the American Museum of Natural History because he's of course, from Ecuador to to have him preserved, taxidermied, and like the main guy at the Museum of Natural History in New York City is the one that did it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, I mean, it looks, of course, you know, it's like the best of the best, but it's a really good, I'm showing Megan right now. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. Good job on that. Okay, so first they had him on display at the American Museum of Natural History for a little bit, and then he went over to back to the Galapagos. But I guess the, the government in Ecuador wanted to bring him there to the capital to display him for a while. And they had this big argument with the Galapagos people. And so he finally went back to Galapagos. Oh, yeah. well, that's where he belongs. And I would think his caretaker is like, wanted him to come back. He got a facelift. He looks great. He looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> just the first picture you showed me where he was alive, he looks really sad and just like over it already. <laughs> and then you showed me the taxidermy version and he's like head in the air. Oh, he looks like a badass. He's super into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, no more lonesome George. That's amazing. That was a great science news. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, at some point, uh, we're going to do a Galapagos Definitely. episode to talk yeah. about all the things because it's so interesting. I mean, Charles Darwin and all that stuff. So just a little side note, I was in 
I was in the forest here in Guam. I was in the forest. Yes. Here in Guam, walking around. You know about this. I'm just going to share with our listeners. Oh. Uh, and I found a large red-eared slider female mm-hmm. attempting to drop some eggs. We're naming her Blair. Uh, you know, they're invasive here in Guam. I was out with a couple colleagues, and we got some rope and trussed her up and took her out. And She's uh, so she's, angry. She's so angry. She hates life. Um, she does not want to be my pet. No. Uh, and I, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of in this catch 22 where I'm like, oh, you know, I could, because I do some outreach work, I could take her mm-hmm. to outreach events and be like, hey, you know, like, don't release your pets into the wild because they're not native here, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of deal. Or I could take her to the, our agriculture department here and she would be murdered. Humanely euthanized. Yes. Right. And I can't find a freaking turtle pond here. So if anyone wants to send a giant turtle pond, please feel free. I kind of like her, though. She's real feisty. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Jen, are you ready for today's episode? I'm so ready. I'm excited. I want to know because, you know, we all love to hate hyenas. So I'm I'm going to see if you can bring me around. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I didn't say what I was going to talk about yet. We already talked about it. Oh, I didn't just say that I knew. Oh, sorry. Okay, we'll just no, cut that. No, it's totally that. fine because people, you know what I realized too? What? Side note, is that people read what we're going to talk about before they listen to it because it's on the description. Oh, yeah. So like... They can see the pictures. No one's surprised. No, no one's surprised. It's only me that I'm <laughs> it's sitting all, here. Really? But... It's, yeah, it's only each other. We're only surprising each other. But yes, that's correct, Jen. Today, I'm going to talk about hyenas. Uh, we're going to do some biology first. Okay. And there's a couple ways you can spell hyenas. I don't know. Which, does it matter? Not really. How do you spell it, Jen? Hyena. H-Y-E-N-A. Hyena. That was great. Is there an A in there? Could there be H-Y-E-A-N-A? There can be a H-Y-A-E-N-A. Oh, that's it. A-E. Yes. Okay. I knew yeah, yeah, like yeah. Through an a. Hyena. It comes from the ancient Greek Hyana. I'm probably saying that really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, hyenas are feliform carnivorous mammals. Wow, you're smart. I'm. J- you know what? I had to look that shit up. <laughs> Did I you had just to look know that? Well, I was like, wait, so they're cat dogs? I mean, kind of they are. That's wild. They're closely related phylogenetically to felines. They're closer to felines than they are to canids like dogs. Really? Wolves. Yeah. But blowing my mind. I know. They're behaviorally and morphologically more similar to dogs. So they can't climb trees like cats, right? They're non-arboreal. Arboreal. They hunt and they catch their prey with teeth rather than claws. Uh, they eat their food quickly and they sometimes will store it. Their feet or paws have large, blunt, non-retractable claws. And they're more adapted for running and making sharp turns than felines are. Really? Yes. Felines don't make sharp turns? Not, I guess not as sharp as like canids because their claws are already out. Oh, yeah. got you. I guess the way that I was thinking of it was like soccer cleats. They're just already there. Think about how cats take turns. There's always like extra flicks of their feet. When they're taking a sharp turn, trying to get away from something. It's very scrambly. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cartoony. Yeah, very cartoony. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But interestingly, hyenas, when they groom themselves, uh, when they mark their territory with scent, how they poop and how they mate are closer to 
felines. Hyenas originated in the jungles of Miocene Eurasia 22 million years ago. Over time, hyenas actually separated out into two distinct groups. There was first the lightly built dog-like hyenas, and then there were the more robust bone-crushing hyenas. So there are two categories of hyenas back in the ancient times. Um, The more dog-like hyenas actually made it all the way to North America, and they really thrived uh, until there was a large climate change. I'm not sure which one. I think it might be the Ice Age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then also there were canids that came over to Eurasia using that Burbearing Land Bridge. And actually, one of the subspecies of the dog-like hyenas went over that same land bridge, and that's how they got to North America. So of the dog-like hyena lineage, only there's one that survived Mm -hmm. um, that's alive today called the Aardwolf, and they're insectivores. Like an aardvark? Like an aardvark, but wolf. Oh, weird. A-A-R-D, wolf, yeah. Okay. Uh, The bone-crushing hyenas, that includes spotted brown and striped hyenas, they became the undisputed top scavengers of Eurasia and Africa. That idea of them being scavengers is actually kind of a misnomer, which we'll talk a little bit more about. They ate mostly large herbivores, herbivore carcasses that were left by saber-toothed cats. And there was one genus, actually which I thought was really interesting, this Pachycrocuta. Uh, it was 200 kilograms or 440 pounds. It was called a mega scavenger, and it could splinter the bones of elephants. Uh, when the late ice age hit, the larger herbivores declined, and then those large bone crusher, the big bone crushers declined. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. we're looking at only smaller bone crushing hyenas. Those filled in the gaps, and those eventually brought about what we know as modern day hyenas, the brown, the spotted, and the striped hyena. Okay. So there's only four extant species, the three that I just said, and then the aardwolf, which is the one from the dog-like hyenas. Mm -hmm. That makes them the fifth smallest biological family in carnivora and one of the smallest in the class mammalia. They are found in Africa and going into parts of Asia, like Middle East, some of the western parts of India. The striped hyenas are found mostly in the northern parts of the continent of Africa. Spotted hyenas are kind of overlapped with striped, and they're mostly found throughout the central and south areas on the African continent. And the aardwolf are found in East Africa and across Botswana and South Africa, the country. Physically, hyenas have relatively short torsos and are fairly massive and wolf-like in build. They're huge. Yeah. You don't really think about it because Mm. they seem like they would be small. They have thick, short necks. Their front legs are long and their rear legs are shorter, so they look kind of sloped. And honestly, uh, the more I read about like the description of hyenas, the more they just seem to me like super jacked up bodybuilders just full of rage. That is my anthropomorphizing for today. <laughs> that is like tiny legs, just tiny legs, really thick necks, long arms, super jacked up, a lot of aggression and heavy heads, like big heads. Their skulls look similar to large dogs or wolf species, but they're much heavier and larger. Their facial proportions though are smaller. So instead of having like the long snout, they're more um, squished. Hyenas are digitigrade, which means like when we talked about cats, they walk on their tippy toes Mm -hmm. and they have four and hind paws, obviously, that have four digits each. And then they have bulging paw pads that kind of stick out. Their fur is super coarse and there's not a lot of it. A lot of times there's actually no under fur on their tummies. And uh, they make I think you will like this. They make up for the lack of body hair with what is described as a, quote, rich mane of long hair running from their withers, like the area between their shoulder blades to their heads. Basically, they have mullets. Absolutely, they do. I mean, it just really adds to (laughs) the bodybuilder look. All hyenas have striped coats, except for the spotted hyena, which is spotted. Um, They have large ears, 
a tongue like a cat's tongue, like with a little papillae, like scrapey. And they have one more rib than wolves or dog, like canids. Hyenas really seem like bits and pieces. Like if you're going to like create an animal and you get all these parts from other animals and put them together. Like a Frankenstein's monster. Like a Frankenstein animal that adapted and did well. It's true. In all of the four species, except the spotted hyena, males are larger than females. In spotted hyenas, females are said to be exceptionally larger than males, and they could, quote, outweigh and dominate them. I'm going to talk about the spotted hyena in more detail because they're amazing, and I love them. Amazingly cool or amazingly frightening? Both. Yeah, actually, spotted hyena females have three times the levels of testosterone than males do. Wow. Yeah. And that high level of testosterone gives them external genitalia that look like penises. We'll talk about it more. There's so much. They really swing their dicks around. (laughs) They're like, they don't mess around. (laughs) That's just Female hyenas. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about their bite because a lot of people know about hyena bites. It's kind of notorious. They are not called bone crushers for nothing, Jen. Really? (laughs) Their heavy skulls and teeth are specialized for eating coarse food and, and crunching down bones. They actually eat everything. They consume everything of the animal. They are the sharks. Yes, absolutely. Um, Their upper jaws are in this position that actually give them peak pressure for them to crush stuff. Their mandibles are much stronger than canine teeth. And they actually end up cracking bones with anterior premolars. So like the molars that are closer to the middle of your mouth Mm -hmm. than the back of your mouth. If you can crush stuff with those molars, which I find to be... For me personally, I've already cracked one of those Mm -hmm. in my own mouth, chewing on popcorn seed and ice and stuff. Both striped and spotted hyenas have been recorded to kill dogs with a single bite to the neck without breaking skin. That's hardcore. The spotted hyena is known for an incredible bite, despite being on the smaller side. So like its head and everything, even like in comparison to other animals, the bite force is crazy big compared to its size. So they are listed at number 10 on the top 10 strongest bites. Hyena at 1100 PSI. Do you want to know? Oh, are we going to do a top 10? (laughs) A top 10. Oh, I love it. Yes, let's Uh, do it. Number nine, coming in at number nine, is the grizzly with uh, 1160 PSI bite force. Wow. Number eight is the polar bear at 1200. Mm -hmm. Crushing skulls. Crushing skulls. Number seven, gorilla at 1300. Oh, yeah. Right? Gosh. Number six is the bull shark at 1350. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's got to be some sharks yeah, in here. Yeah. Number five is a jaguar at 1500. Really? I know. I would have never guessed that. Do you want to guess number four? The The top four, There's there are three reptiles and one mammal. Can... I, I feel like one of the mammals in there is going to be a chimpanzee. No. Well, because they're just ripping faces off. Number four is the hippo. Oh, at 1800 PSI. Man, I should have guessed that one. And I feel like this is super obvious. Oh, crocodile. The top three, American alligator, 2125. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, saltwater croc, 3700. And number one, with 5000 PSI bite force is the Nile crocodile. The Nile one is the one you did the story on, right? Was yeah. that was that the soldiers? No, no, no. The soldiers were the saltwater crocodiles. Okay, the okay, Nile okay. crocodile was uh, the, uh, the, the big Gustav. one. The Gustav. Yeah. Gustav. <laughs> that was crazy. That was insane. That's like the the man eater. Yeah. Um hyenas don't have perianal, I can never say that right, but scent glands in their butts. Perianal. So, but they do have a large pouch of naked skin located at the anal opening. Wait, 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 wait. You mean like hairless? I think hairless. Sure. Above 
the anus, there are large anal glands that open up into that pouch. And those glands produce this white, creamy secretion. That's what hyenas use to mark their territory. And then sometimes they'll spray it when they get attacked. It's kind of like a white paste. So they just jizz all over the place with their butt. <laughs> yes. That is so gross. I hate them more now. Are you going to say anything redeeming about them to make me start to like them? Sure, 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 sure. Sorry, that wasn't very family friendly. <laughs> You're like, I hate them. Like, this might not be a good episode for you to listen. Unless you want to explain a lot to your kids. Like, maybe don't. There's a lot of weird stuff we're going to talk about. This is going to go on the explicit rating. People have reported that that white paste smells like boiling cheap soap. Okay, think if you're like washing something and you're out in the middle of nowhere and all you have is a bar of crappy ass soap. The only thing I could think of was like Charlie and Chocolate Factory's mom with her like paddle (laughs) in the laundry room. Hyenas groom themselves like cats and do that sitting on the lower back, legs spread out with one leg pointing up thing. Uh, I think some people refer to it as kitty yoga. Which is so cute when cats do it. So cute. But if I saw hyena doing that, I'd just be like... You wouldn't be into it? You wouldn't be like, that's I need a minute. No. Do they groom each other? Yeah, there's some grooming involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, they don't wash their faces like how you see cats do, which is, I think, one of the cutest behaviors of a cat is when they wash their face. With their paws. It's so freaking cute. It is so cute. I can't handle it. All right. When attacked by lions or dogs, striped and brown hyenas will play dead, uh, but the spotted hyena does not mess around and they will fight back. So let's talk a little bit about the spotted hyena, just because there's some differences. They're the largest and more aggressive. I have a question. What do you call a group of hyenas? Um, That's literally the next thing I'm going to say. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, A group of hyenas are called a clan. I've also heard that a group of hyenas can be called a cackle. It makes sense. I would rather call them a cackle. I like clan though. I feel like they're fierce warriors. Maybe on some level... You're going to like them today. Highly unlikely. So spotted hyenas are 34 to 59 inches long, their whole head and the body. Their tail can be 10 to 14 inches long. So like a little bit extra. Uh, They can weigh anywhere from 110 to 190 pounds as adults. And right now on the IUCN red list status, they are listed as least concern, but they have a population trend that is decreasing. Oh. Are you starting to feel bad for them? I feel bad for them. Well, you know, they have a job. They have a job. They have a purpose. It's true. And they do it. They do their job. Interestingly, spotted hyenas are referred to as scavengers a lot. And it's kind of a myth. It's a misnomer. Um, They do dine on the leftovers of other predators for sure. They will eat anything, anything. They're opportunistic, but they also hunt. And I read somewhere that like 95% of their meals are hunted and killed by them. So they're not really primarily scavengers, Mm -hmm. but they do scavenge. And they are very good scavengers. Like I said, they eat everything, all the bones, all the everything. So they do prefer to eat large ungulates. They work as a clan to go after the weak and older individuals, but they will also kill and eat birds, lizards, snakes, and insects. And then I've read that they also, they'll like I said, they'll pretty much eat, they're an omnivore, they'll eat fruits or not that they're going to the supermarket getting some freaking apples or anything some but salad whatever shows up yeah Get like a little protein in their salad just a little extra this is some interesting information about mating for spotted hyenas so the females pick the males there is no competition between males for females females 100 percent choose the males they want to mate with give like a male kills their own dinner mm-hmm Um, They have to eat it very quickly before a female comes and kicks them aside. The females are just like... Ruling 
I have a larger package than you. (laughs) Get out my way. They mate in frequent short copulation sessions. So not like dogs, more like cats, I think. Hit it. And then maybe they'll come back and hit, hit it, it again. And scream a lot. But dogs, it's like a long process and they get caught and there's a whole thing. Since spotted hyena females, like I said, have three times more testosterone, they grow that pseudo penis. And there's actually a lot of folklore surrounding the androgyny of hyenas. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, interestingly, females must be physically ready to mate with a male. Like their pseudo penis has to be erect. For mating to happen. You can think of it as like nature's version of like a physical consent. A male cannot mate with a female because they mate, they pee, they birth through the pseudopenis. What? Yes. If the female changes her mind about a male, like let's say she's like, what's up? You know, Paul, we're like, you seem great, whatever. After she's like, that was not great. She can just pee. She urinates, flushes out the reproductive tract. And it's really difficult when the sperm gets into the reproductive tract because the pseudopenis is so long. And actually, there's like a curve going into the uterus. So Mm -hmm. it's like a very sharp turn. I mean, the fact that they even get pregnant, honestly, it's like the female has to consent. The male has to be good enough for her. The sperm has to make it there. But it seems like more like a vaginal canal that's really long. It's a very big Can you draw it? (laughs) Let me just just draw it for you. So I think it's I think it's like, yeah, because it becomes erect and it is a canal. It's about an inch wide. Okay, so it's larger than a penis. And the I mean, the way that they explain it, it really seems like just a really long clitoris, maybe Mm -hmm. clitoris. So the male puts its penis in there. Correct. Because it has to be erect. It has to be for the for the penis to even go in. Right. It can't be like. Flaccid. Flaccid. <laughs> Megan's making like a noodle arm action. Wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing arm tube man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it can't be, be like that. It can't be like that. Because then how would it get in there? Right. I feel like it's, I'm turning red too. It's like, tur- it's like putting one straw into another, like a smaller straw. Yes. Yes. Into another yes. straw. Yes. Absolutely. But it seems like a vaginal canal kind of thing. A little bit. Yeah. But how does it get erect? It's a clitoris. It's a clitoris. Which the blood is flows like, down there. Which is like erect. basically yeah. a yeah, tiny I mean, penis. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's a little Very bit mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, we try to tell you your kids shouldn't hear this if you haven't right. taught them the birds and the bees. Yet. Oh, Jesus. That pseudo penis, mm-hmm. because they also give birth through it, makes it really hard for them when they give birth. Ouch. So usually they have a litter of two to four cubs, but about 60% of cubs born to new mothers suffocate while they're being born. Oh. Because it's only an inch in diameter and it doesn't stretch that much mm-hmm. their first time, right? And a lot of first time hyena mothers actually die in cub birth. Oh my God. Cubs are born with their eyes open uh, and they also have some teeth already erupted in their mouth. Uh, Mothers only have two nipples, meaning that if they have more than two cubs, the cubs have to fight for a nipple and the weaker cub dies. very hyena. The lesser aggressive cub will end up starving. For mammals, they actually suckle for a long time, 12 to 18 months. I did read someplace where they said it was like up, can be up to two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at about five months old, they'll start to eat meat as well. And then a year after they're born, they'll start following their mothers out to hunts. 
And Dr. K. Holacamp, who's been studying hyenas in Kenya's Maasai Mara National Reserve for over 20 years, she has a theory as to why hyenas take care of their young for so long in comparison to other canid and feline species. She thinks that hyena skulls, they take time to mature, mm-hmm. right? Like they're these amazing predators. They have to be competitive in the large predator market out there mm-hmm. in Africa. And so they have those skulls that can just like crush anything. Um, But it takes time for the skulls to mature in their babies. And so the moms have to make sure that their young eat, like they get enough milk, they eat enough meat. And in order to do that, the females had to become more aggressive and protective of their young to make sure they have make room for their kids to eat. So essentially, female dominance and matriarchy among spotted hyenas stem from evolutionary adaptations made for the sake of feeding their kids. Yeah, because they got to protect the kids. Yeah. Males around three years old will actually leave their clan because all of these spotted hyena clans are matriarchal. The males will leave the clan and they basically have to beg to be accepted into another clan. And this will happen like they will get rejected a lot. They'll get beat up Mm -hmm. by females in another clan. But when they make it into the clan, they get to be the last to eat food and the last in line to mate. So they made it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some biologists call this endurance rivalry or, quote, the guy who can stick it out the longest wins. There are sometimes upwards of 80 individuals. I did read like 120 in a clan. It can be anywhere from like 10 in like a smaller area to like 120. Or a cackle. Cubs of the alpha female inherit the rank immediately below hers. So it's similar to a monarchy. Wow. Yeah. And also, I read this article called Who's Laughing Now from the Smithsonian. And they say, quote, status ensures powerful allies, extra protection and a bigger share of the food. The effects of a mother's status can be stark. Kay Holocamp has a photograph of, of two six-month-old cubs sitting side by side. One is twice as big as the other. The difference between having a mother ranked number one or number 19. Wow. And actually... There's been a recent study that in the final weeks of pregnancy, higher ranked females, their bodies flood with testosterone before the cubs are born and actually make their cubs more aggressive. And it doesn't happen in lesser ranked females. So, so they just like keep the like so matriarchal aggression line. is yeah. just key. So aggressive. Because and, it, and what she was saying is that it probably stems from those mothers having to be bigger, like more muscular, more aggressive to make sure their kids ate. And I'm like, that's some fierce motherhood right there. That's why I kind of like them. I guess. They're like the scariest moms I can possibly imagine. They're like stage moms. (laughs) (laughs) They're like dance moms. Wasn't that a show? Toddlers and tiaras. Yeah. Also in this article from the Smithsonian, they talk about how hyenas have a very complex greeting system within their hierarchy. Uh, Quote, casual hellos include nuzzles, muzzle licks, and body rubs. More formally and nervously, a subordinate animal will lift its hind leg to expose its erect penis or pseudopenis for the dominant animal to sniff or lick. Other differential gestures include giggling, head bobbing, and groveling. Males are the principal appeasers because they stand to lose a lot. Access to food and mating. And if their relationship with the girls gets messed up, then they're kind of screwed. The groveling, the giggling. Ugh. When they do the giggling, that's actually when they are feeling attacked or um, threatened. It's not a kill cry. Right. They're all going to laugh at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're super awkward and they just don't know how to respond to being attacked. (laughs) They just laugh a bunch. (laughs) So hyenas have a not super great relationship with humans. I mean, a lot of people just don't 
like hyenas. I what? get it. Really? I get it. I get it. Yeah. But people frequently encounter spotted hyenas in their habitat due to overpopulation and habitat encroachment. That's a big problem. Um, There are a lot of livestock and sometimes people who are attacked and eaten by hyenas, especially because of this. In some areas, they've been heavily hunted because they're considered destructive pests, uh, which I think we talked about with a number of different African species, like the elephant is considered a pest because Mm -hmm. they trample over agriculture in this way because they're attacking, I mean, people and then also livestock. Spotted hyenas have super good hearing and they have good eyesight at night, but they cannot see very well during the day. Hyenas are pretty fast. They can run up to like 37 miles an hour and they can run for long distances without tiring. So you're just, you're just screwed. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot run away. Yeah, Yeah, you're not Not going to happen. I remember, I think I mentioned this another one. We were for my uh, master's program. We were Mm -hmm. going to go to Kenya Mm -hmm. and they were like, you know, giving us a brief on how to deal with any kind of wildlife. Yeah. And they were basically, like if you are being chased by a lion yeah i remember we talked about this just be faster than your friend yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's the same for hyenas yeah you you have to be faster and you have to run for a longer period of time yeah because they're never gonna get tired spotted hyenas are actually quite vocal and they make a variety of sounds including that laughing that we're talking about Mm -hmm. but i read that the ard wolf doesn't make any sounds. They're silent. And they just eat insects. I can deal with those. I'm going to look up what they look like. Okay. Hardwolves are super cute. Yeah. I can deal with that. January 5th, 2022, there's an article written about a village in Tanzania. And I'm just going to read a little bit from it. It says, a pack of hungry hyenas has caused panic in the drought hit Ushetu district of Sinyanga region in the East African country of Tanzania, attacking villagers and killing livestock. Dozens of hyenas who have strayed from a nearby wildlife sanctuary are targeting people and livestock, highlighting risking rising conflicts between humans and wildlife. Local residents say that they are terrified of rising attacks by the nocturnal animals who have so far attacked a dozen people and killed (gasps) scores of goats. At the Imalange, Imaling, I'm not sure, village in Sabasabini, Parents have been forced to build makeshift classrooms for their children who normally walk miles into the bush to reach their school. The students have frequently been targeted by hyenas while on their way to school, local residents said. The threat of hyenas coupled with a long distance to school deterred many students from attending school regularly. Local residents said, adding, many children have dropped out. Quote, I am tired of leaving my important farm work to escort children to school. You're saying people are being attacked. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. they survive? They survive. Well, because... They're in groups. It's groups of kids walking to school. And so the others like and parents fight them off. Are, and... Yes. Yeah. So because I'm thinking like if you're by yourself. Oh, you're screwed. And no one would know because I think you would just get eaten completely. Like completely. there would be nothing left yes. of you. It would be like missing persons report. With no forensic evidence left behind. This is some mafia level. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Listen, get a cackle of hyenas. Do your dirty work. Remember my pig episode? Frank. They're better than pigs. <laughs> um, Never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine having to worry about hyenas when your kid walks to school? And they're just like, you know, I can't be bothered um, to go walk my kid. We got to build a school here we because I can't walk We got to build a school because them. there's yeah. hyenas. That is so frightening. I used to get frustrated at the four-way stops that encircled my son's school because people don't know how to drive at four-way stops. Oh, yeah. Uh, this really puts but it in perspective for me. Whole nother level. Uh, one of the 12-year-old students at a primary school was injured by a hyena in November of oh 2021, prompting angry villagers to hunt down and kill three hyenas in retaliation. 
They said the hyena was pounced on the hapless boy as he lazily walked to school on dew-laden grass early morning, badly injuring him as he screamed for help. Who wrote this? I, are we are I we know. in a, like a novel here? Like just, this is like we're just reporting. <laughs> lazily walked on the dew-laden grass. So there were some other articles that I read about hyena attacks. I didn't read about anyone being eaten by hyenas or being killed by hyenas. I mean, they're out there for sure, but like you said, I'm wondering if the majority of those are just like missing persons. Oh my God. Yeah. How would you know? Yeah. I did watch this, this kind of hilarious YouTube video. Uh, It's called, you know, how to survive a hyena attack. Okay. It took this real sharp turn into manscaping. And I was like, what the hell? So I'm watching it. It's just like talking about hyenas. It's like, and then it starts talking about how spotted hyenas are matriarchal and they prefer the stronger, better looking, better groomed males. Do you want the ladies to like you too? You should groom your whatever nether regions. And then it was this crazy ad with like half naked dudes manscaping. What's and manscaping? Like, like mansplaining? No, man, manscaping is like, they had like a little, it's like a little hair clipper. It's a small one for their nether regions, Jen. Okay, so you were watching something about hyenas that turned to that? I was just watching it and it was like, it was like <laughs> they put in an ad for this new product that men can use that to is... shave hair. Is this real? It's kind of genius. It is. They it drew is. them in with the hyenas. How do you survive? Keep it nice and trimmed. And I remember one of the guys in the ad said some ridiculous thing towards the end of it. Just like, she'll appreciate it or something. I don't know. And I was just like, Jesus. So after that, did it go back to... Yeah, then it went back to the rest of the thing. It was just like a weird... And it didn't even like... There wasn't any like skip ad. It was just part of the video. Like they wrote it into the video. I didn't know that was called manscaping. It's called manscaping. Jen, do you not know about manscaping? No. Landscaping their manly bodies. All right. So after this weird thing about manscaping uh it went into things that you need to know about the possibility of being attacked by a hyena hyena, what you should do what you should look for the first thing they said was beware of the laughter hyenas will vocalize when they feel threatened or under attack so like let's say you're just like walking around at night and you hear that sound like (sighs) probably there's hyenas around probably you should just like back off like go someplace else you might be walking into their territory like this is when a poop yourself wouldn't help no not at all they would be like they don't even care they'll they'll eat it jen they eat everything so the next uh advice is don't go out at night okay good they're night hunters uh they can't see very well during the daytime just so you know in case you didn't, they don't fear humans. Okay, the next point of advice is to be quiet. Don't try to scare them off. Making noises will invite them to attack. You should be quiet and oh. seek refuge immediately. Opposite of bears. Opposite of bears. Opposite of cougars. The next point that they suggest is to look strong. They focus on weak or small individ- individuals uh, so if you're in a group, try to look stronger or healthier than everyone else around you. You just trip someone. <laughs> the next point of advice, stick to a group. Never try to fight them alone. Well, those kids were pretty badass for helping their friend. For real. And actually, I did see this video of this older man being attacked by striped, uh, striped hyena. And he was just walking on the road with like a dog. And the hyena like attacked him and the dog. And people were walking everywhere. It was like a crowded area, but it was kind of a sicker hyena they don't know exactly why this hyena was like by itself so but the people fought it off and it ran away but it was big 
in the video. I mean, you can Ugh. look it up. I, I think it's just like, maybe it's listed as like Indian man gets uh, attacked by hyena or something like that. Ugh. The last point of advice that they say is to climb a tree because hyenas don't have retractable claws. It's super hard for them to climb a tree. And then that this is the video where it was like, climb a tree, but there might be a jaguar. And then the next video was like, how to survive a jaguar attack. And I wonder if they still had some manscaping in that one guaranteed something to know about hyenas is that they are experts at coordinating hunts with each other they're super intelligent they're fast and they're very powerful the only animal in the wilderness that scares them is a male lion if they are alone but they'll attack a male lion if there's a pack of them if there's a pack yeah for sure for sure i think they'll continue to attack even if other if another lion it has to be like a whole freaking pride of lions and And then then they run away away. yeah that's why you always see them like skulking away Right? Like, all and then they, like, run away. Death is more of a guarantee if you get bitten by a hyena. Uh, a couple of sites made made similar statements to this, that if you're alone without a knife and you encounter, or any kind of, like, defensive weapon, um, and you encounter a spotted hyena, like, that's it, you're dead. Because if you run away, they will catch you. Hyenas actually will attack more people when food is scarce or there's a drought. So in the situation with that village, I think they were experiencing some kind of drought conditions. Mm -hmm. And the hyenas were a little bit like, we need something because animals have moved on or there's just not enough. So I'm going to talk about mythology. now, Some hyena mythology. So I read this paper from 1998. So I feel like some of the information might be a little bit dated. Obviously, it's like, I was like, 98 was like yesterday. Thank you. I was like 1998. I was graduating high school. It's totally fine. But no, I was graduating high school. I'm going to be 42. Uh, So this paper was written by Jürgen W. Fremgen. Uh, Munich, Germany. Okay. It is called The Magicality of the Hyena, Beliefs and Practices in West and South Asia. The abstract, I'm just going to read a little bit out of the abstract here. As an animal to which magical properties are attributed, the hyena has moved the imagination of people, not only in Africa, where it plays a prominent role in myth and ritual, but also in Western and and Southern Asia. The striped hyena, a nocturnal scavenger, is sometimes caught alive in Asia and employed in animal fights. In this essay, it is shown how all parts of a newly dead hyena are used in love magic and to ward off evil. Love magic? I put the link for this paper. If you want to go read the whole thing, I didn't include some things because it was a little too much. In Western Africa, they have a lot of tales about hyenas where they're depicted as Muslim and not like in a good way. And the idea is that they're kind of like these evil spirits who challenge local animism practitioners. This is, I think, happening in uh, the Ivory Coast. So that's uh, an African tale that they talk about. Hyenas are these Islamic kind of evildoers who are challenging Mm. the local uh, religion. In the mythology of the the Tabwa, an ethnic group living in eastern central Africa, the spotted hyena is a solar animal that brought the sun to warm the cold earth. In West Africa, it generally symbolizes immorality, dirty habits, and the reversal of normal activities and other like negative traits. And in southern Senegal, uh, there is a group of people called the Kujamat Diola, and they believe that witches ride on hyenas. And yeah, and witches would use hyenas as like symbolic vehicles for metamorphosis. Oh, yeah. 
The Kore cult, I think I'm saying that right, of the Bamana or Mali people, they believe that people, quote, become hyenas by using zoomorphic helmet masks and playing dramatic roles, both of which refer to the dirty habits, trickiness and nastiness and also being used to invoke fear among the participants. So like they would do these rituals, people wear masks, hyena masks, and they would be kind of transformed into these evil characters. And it's meant to be a warning against having those traits in your life. In the Gelidi cult of the Yoruba, so that's in Benin, southwestern Nigeria, they also have a mask. And when they're doing this ceremony called the Efe, um, that mask appears, I guess, in the ceremony. I don't know if someone puts it on or what, whatever, but um, that actually is the signal that the ceremony is ending. And they say that it always shows up at the end because hyenas are associated with clearing up the remnants of whatever a big killer or like the main part of the ceremony has already done. So mm-hmm. when a leopard leaves behind something, the hyenas are the things that are cleaning it up. So they're associating with the last part of anything. It's like closing it. They're the closers, the cleaners. In the oral literature of Western Sudanic peoples, this is where the spotted and the striped hyena coexist. So they're in that same area together. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of legends about half man, half hyenas, which I'm going to talk about after this. So I don't really go too much into it here. But basically, it's like a creature that's super destructive, eats men, changes usually in the middle of the night and terrorizes people, especially lovers. Because females have that pseudo penis, there's a lot of lore around the spotted hyena being a father as a male and the mother as a female like it can procreate with itself it can be both uh in the kore cult of the mali people again there are some rituals that use a hyena mask to represent the transformation of a person into a complete moral being with both male principles and femaleness so kind of like that reminded me a little bit of um, like island cultures will have double spirit or both mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is something similar. There are some stories about hyenas coming from the forest and defecating in villages and entire villages would abandon the village because it was believed that the act of the hyena pooping in their village essentially broke that village and would bring death and destruction. That's given a lot of power to that hyena. I know. He's like, I'm just going to go dump over here. Watch here, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> They're all going to leave, man. It's, a, it's really funny. <laughs> all I did was poop. In some places in the Middle East, striped hyena meat is considered halal. So ritually pure. And some people will consume it. But in other places in the Middle East, I read that it is considered haram which is impure and you cannot eat it. Hmm. Um, So in the Islamic religion, it's forbidden to eat meat of any wild animal that uses their carnassal, carnassal, carnivore teeth to Mm. kill their prey. But then, I don't know, I was reading that sometimes it's used for medicine, sometimes people eat it. Among the Bedouin peoples, the striped hyena is permitted for human consumption, but mostly as a medicine. So they'll use like parts. Uh, Throughout Africa, though, eating hyena is considered taboo. So no one in Africa is like, let's eat a hyena. In Africa, if a hyena dies uh, or is er, hunted or killed or whatever, usually they'll burn the carcass. Wow, that's hardcore. Uh, There are specialized hyena hunters who will hunt kill and then sell parts or the whole animal to magicians or shamans practitioners like david copperfield like david copperfield. <laughs> some hunters in kandahar kandahar have been known to catch striped hyenas and use them in animal fights they kind of talked about that in the abstract yeah against strong specially trained dogs and actually during the fight their owners use 
I mean, they say owners, but who owns a hyena? They restrain the hyenas with ropes. It's like they don't want the hyena to kill the dog, but they want to have this like animal Ugh, fight. I hate it's these people. It's super messed up. I yeah. hate them so much. Yeah. Very bad karma. The way they catch the hyena to be able to do this is uh, they'll crawl into the hyena den, uh, usually completely naked only keeping a rope or a noose in their hand. They'll advance into the rear of the den very quietly. And it actually, the hyena reacts to that by going back. And they might murmur, uh, I guess there's a magical formula that they would murmur saying, turn into dust, turn into stone. I don't know. They just like repeat it over and over at like a low, turn into dust, turn into stone. And the hyena is like, can you please leave now? They say the hunter brings the animal to a state of total submission where he can slip a rope over its forelegs and finally drag it out of the cave. Who does this? Uh, These are hunters in Kandahar. Naked. Maybe like one guy went in there and like just and he his like shirt got caught on something and he got eaten by a hyena and they were like, okay, you got to go in naked. But naked. But naked. Yeah. There is this firsthand account that Saeed Daud from the area of Pishin, which is Baluchistan. He was an experienced hunter and he told this um story to arthur Connolly, who traveled there in 1838 so they've been doing this a long time quote when you have tracked the beast to its den you take a rope with two slip knots upon upon it in your right hand and with your left holding a felt cloak before you you go boldly but quietly in the animal does not know what is the nature of the danger and therefore retires to the back of his den but you may always tell where his head is by the glare of his eyes you keep moving on gradually towards him on your knees and when you are within distance throw the cloak over his head close with him and take care that he does not free himself the beast is so frightened that he cowers back and though he may bite the felt he cannot turn his neck round to hurt you so quietly feel for his two forelegs slip the knots over them and then with one strong pull draw them tight up to the back of his neck and tie them there the beast is now your own you may do what you like with him we generally take those which we catch home and hunt them on the plains with bridles in their mouths that our dogs may be taught not to fear the brutes when they meet them in the wild the beasts and the brutes you know the beasts and the brutes in this story are the hunters i'm sorry not cool dude I think what it is, too, is that you're not eating them. It's not for sustenance or anything. It's just for this kind of sadistic pleasure of, like, ruling over a beast. Yeah. Yeah. In countries with hyenas in Asia, those are the striped hyenas, they're regarded as incarnations of demons or jinn. There are stories about dogs who... Because a striped hyena's shadow fell upon the dog, was like cast upon the dog, those dogs became deaf and blind until that predator, um, I guess, ate a sheep or had been killed. Kind of random. Uh, Greeks and Romans used hyena blood, excrement, rectum, genitalia, eyes, tongues, skin, hair, nails, and fat as well as the ash of different parts of the body that had been burned as effective means to ward off evil and ensure love and fer- fertility. Modern Western Sudanic people believe the hyena nose serves as a magical means to guarantee a good harvest, and the tail is to get a desired like loved one, like someone you desire. Hyena parts have been used in love magic. A dried striped hyena skin is considered a potent charm in Iran that forces all to succumb to the attraction of its possessor. That's from a paper in 1910. Similarly, in Afghanistan and Pakistan, striped hyena hair is used in either love magic or as a charm in sickness. 
That's from 1890, 1914. So maybe people aren't doing that anymore. Yeah, I think some of these things they're not doing. Like, I don't know about the nose. It did say it was modern Western Sudanic people, but also this paper was written in 1998. Well, and also I don't think people are still crawling in caves, naked butt, going after the beast. I saw a recent video of them fighting a hyena. Really? Yeah. Against dogs? No, I think it still happens. In the Khyber area, the fat produced by burning the skin of a hyena is applied to male organs of humans um, or sometimes taken orally to ensure virility. Is that before or after the manscaping? (laughs) That's definitely, I think, before because it might take some time to, you know, absorb. (laughs) Well, but you had to clear all the the hairs out the way. That's true. Good call. The Greeks and Romans believed female hyena genitalia would, quote, hold a couple peacefully together and that an anus worn as an amulet on the upper arm would make its male possessor irresistible to women. I'm trying really hard not to laugh about this, but like, okay, you're at a bar, (laughs) like super attractive guy. Hear me out. But he has a a hyena anus attached to the side of his arm. I mean, would you go for it? No, but was it washed? (laughs) That's really the question. Does it smell? Does it smell? (laughs) Wow. Because I'm hoping this is a long time ago. Me too. I mean, I... So let me just... Let's not... We don't want to belittle anyone's culture or beliefs or anything yes. like that. But yeah. let's move away from putting like stinky old cut up anuses, buttholes on your arm. I feel like this is an old practice that okay. no longer happens. Um, but until the mid 1990s, sexual organs and the rectum of female spotted and striped hyenas were used in Eastern Africa, Iran, Turkmenistan, and Afghanistan for love magic in afghanistan the vulva was wrapped with seven pieces of different colored silk then worn by a mullah which i think is like a shaman like a practitioner or Mm -hmm. like a priest maybe Mm -hmm. for seven days under his armpit to make it effective it is said that if a man looks through the vulva which they made into like glasses he will definitely get hold of the one he is longing for actually this custom seemed to work because it led to this common expression in Afghan Persian that roughly means it's going like clockwork. The literal translation is something like, it happens as smoothly as if you would look through the vulva of a female striped hyena. So you have striped hyena vulva glasses. Yes. I really hope they're not doing this. I feel really sorry for the hyenas. I think they stopped like, doing I hope it. they're not killing them for this. Right. Like, hopefully they just like some poor dead hyena like... You know, they and they just have it. the same pair of glasses that they just keep sharing with the different people. It's like, put on the vulva glasses. They're like one pair magical yeah. vulva glasses. Yeah. They have like a little glass container. Uh-huh. Right. It has, it has like a little velvet pillow that they just sit on. <laughs> you need to. And you pay a certain amount to like yeah. put it on and see yeah, what yeah, you yeah. see. Can people just find love like the old fashioned way, like on like online or something? Like, why do we need to get some vulva glasses? I mean, whatever happened to like match.com whatever happened to just like walking into a coffee shop and there's someone there and they seem cool right no one looks up from their phones anymore you're like wait let me put my vulva glasses on (laughs) (laughs) and it's like some magical thing you look around the room and all of a sudden there's like one dude that's just like sparkly yeah there's like an aura around him it's like a filter 
with like glitter hearts. Let's see. I think this is the last. This is the last one in this, this is a long, lot. This, this is a long lot. list. Yeah. There's a long list of random stuff of all the animals, though, right? Like I feel like this is a lot for one animal. It is a lot, and it's it's making me feel sorry for them. Yeah. In Punjab, there's a cure for infertility. This is exactly how it was written. I was very confused. It's not what you think it is. A woman must entice a striped hyena and mounting it at night naked with her face to the tail must ride it in a circle seven times round after which she dismounts, makes seven salams to it and feeds it with bread and ghee from a chatty, which is placed on her khura or covering spread out on the ground. So it might be khadi. Okay, but this all is just Basically, she gets naked. She finds a striped hyena. She rides it like a horse, but backwards. Uh She does that seven times in a circle. She gets down. She gives it bread and ghee from her like headscarf that's on the ground. But yeah, question. How does she not get eaten? I feel like this is just trying to murder women who are infertile. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, you're infertile. You should do this. But wait, you said it does. It's not what it sounds like, but it is. I thought she was having sex with it. Oh. When I read it the first time, I was like mounting it at night naked. I was like, how do you, what? Well, first of all, I thought you're not even supposed to go around hyenas at night. You're not. Do they like bread and ghee? I mean. They'll eat anything, Jen. Did some woman actually get this done? Who, what woman survived this? I don't think any of them did. I think it's the patriarchy. They're like. Just murdering women. Can- they're like, wow, you can't have babies here. This will help. <laughs> and then you do that. And it just You just disappear forever. Yeah. They're like, we don't know what happened to her. It's crazy. That's weird. How old is that? It's very old. Yeah. yeah. I A lot of these stories are from like the early 1900s, like 1850. Some of them are older than that. So I wonder if like these are all Western anthropologists that were like, tell us all your stories. And somebody just sat there and just made up a bunch of BS stories <laughs> yeah. because here comes this Westerner like wanting to know, like, right? let's mess with them. Like, sometimes I wonder about these stories. Agreed. The last thing I'm going to talk about are were hyenas. Oh, OK. I mentioned okay. It in the earlier ones that, yeah, there mm-hmm. were half man, half hyena where hyenas where hyenas i believe it part of why i wanted to talk about hyenas today is that i'm re-watching buffy the vampire slayer with my uh-huh. son the whole series um i mean as problematic as joss whedon is now i guess he was uh very awful as a director oh i saw something about that yeah that mm-hmm. series though those actors i still love Buffy. oh yeah everybody loves buffy but they're like just like a slightly younger than me Yeah. I just missed it. So one of the episodes, there is a zookeeper who gets some hyenas and he brings them in to take their power, um, their mystical power, and ends up that the hyenas are like these kids accidentally take the hyenas magical power and they end up eating the school mascot, which was a pig. Kind of random. But um, it's a fun episode. Well, and I did watch all of Supernatural. I feel like there could be something in Supernatural with a were hyena. If they haven't done it, they should because they're on like... Season 42. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So might as well. So I read this article about the village of Atuga in Ethiopia, where according to legend, where hyenas kill kids who wander away after dark. And those children might be lured by something that sounds like a human voice calling their name. But it's a were hyena. Yeah, that's a good way to keep your kids home. Were hyenas can be either human born or hyenas disguising themselves as humans they are believed to be capable of transforming at will with the help of like a magic stick or a sprinkling of ash 
sometimes the smell of human flesh alone could be enough to trigger a transformation. So don't cut your finger. Or I don't know if it means just like you smell or, <laughs> or does like, there have to be blood? I don't like, know. Don't toot. Just don't. Wear some deodorant. Make no smells. <laughs> this is, you know what? Brush your teeth. This is a good thing for teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, dealing with my teenage son's inability. Like wear clean clothes. Yeah. Please. Put on your deodorant. They're aware, Shower. aware hyena might come get you if you don't do these things. Yeah. Marcus Baines Rock, who studied animal human animal relationships as a research fellow at the University of Notre Dame, said, quote, these days, humans tend to see themselves as in total control of their environment. But in rural Africa, a hyena attack is not a freak accident. It's an unfortunate fact of life. There's some acceptance that we're not the apex predator. Uh, where hyenas became African proxies for all kinds of like dangers lurking behind mm-hmm. beyond like the human areas. They are described as solitary, but also known to hunt in groups, just like hyenas. They're strong with an insatiable appetite and a reputation for luring people from the safety of their homes. And then in Ethiopian folklore, where hyenas were referred to as boda, which is B-O-U-D-A. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. It's a term that's synonymous with evil eye. There's a legend. I'm just going to read this. Quote, Eve was a mother of 30 children, and one day God asked her to show, show them to him. Suspicious of his intentions, Eve hid 15 of her children, and when he discovered her disobedience, he cursed the children to be Boda as punishment. Over time, the term became synonymous with a lower, uneducated artisan class, and blacksmiths in particular. For a time, all blacksmiths in Ethiopian culture were believed to be Boda, capable of wielding the power of the evil eye to transform into hyenas at will. Belief in Boda actually is still happening today throughout Ethiopia, but also in Sudan, Tanzania, and Morocco. Poor blacksmiths, man. I mean, come on. That's a really good trade right there. This is kind of the crappy part of this whole story. People are associating hyenas with people who are others, who are not part of the original village. They're not um, Ethiopian. Maybe they came from someplace else. And actually, Mm -hmm. blacksmith or blacksmithing was a profession that traditionally Jews in Ethiopia did. Mm. So it's like this tiny minority. I mean, Jews in Ethiopia weren't allowed to own land. Um, They couldn't attend schools. So they ended up doing blacksmithing. And that that was an inherited trade down their line. Mm -hmm. So it was a way to... Belittle. Discriminate. Discriminate, yeah. There's this guy, Don Seaman. He is a scholar of religion and Jewish studies at Emory University. And he thinks that labeling the Jewish population of Ethiopia Boda was, quote, a form of ideological segregation, largely by drawing associations between Boda and craft, creating a seamless mythic association and inhibiting the social mobility that might have been possible in previous eras. So yeah, basically just outcasting people outcasting because they're people different because yeah. they're different. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like that word would be a bad word, kind of a taboo. Yeah, word mm-hmm. like we're just saying it, but because it's not our language. Oh God, I hope it's not. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. We're saying it based on the literature and yes. what we're learning that we read about. If it's offensive to anybody, we, we hope not. We hope not. So further dehumanizing them, legend had it that Jewish shapeshifters would rob tombs at night in hyena form. And they would eat dead bodies that were there. The best way that you could identify a were hyena was the smell of rotting flesh on them. That they were smelly. This is all so mean. It's super mean. Were hyena's ties to the Jews of Ethiopia is mostly a thing of the past. 
Most Ethiopian Jews were either forced to convert to Christianity in the 19th and early 20th centuries, or they immigrated to Israel um, in a series of operations orchestrated by the Israeli government in the 1980s. So they either were forced to convert or or they left. Nice. Not the greatest. Mm. In Somalia, they say that a hyena transforms by rubbing itself with a magic stick at sundown. The Sudanese say that it's much more violent and they are known for attacking lovers at dark. And in Morocco, all hyenas are believed to transform every night after sunset and return to human form at dawn, which is like very werewolf. Yeah. But yeah, all of these myths have a common idea throughout them and it is the fear of the other the only one i like is using it with your kids as a folklore to scare them from going out at night but not associating it with any kind of of like yeah that's the part i don't like i I just like it as like werewolfy yeah kind of thing in general and then scaring your kids Mm -hmm. belief in were hyenas is still widespread throughout africa or the the horn of africa um, particularly in rural villages so it's still something that people uh, talk about and they fear and there are some myths surrounding hyenas you know i think we covered a lot of the things today hopefully i don't know but there's this phd student at the lebniz Institute for Zoo and Wildlife Research in Germany, um, Arjun Deer, who studies spotted hyenas in Tanzania's, I'm going to spell this now, N-G-O-R-O-N-G-O-R-O crater. Okay. I cannot, it's, that's a very difficult, a lot of, no, there you go, Jen said it today. What? So uh, pick the hardest things, those I can <laughs> say, it's the easy stuff I can't say. There you go. He says there are lots of hyena myths. Uh, the first one is that hyenas are stupid. So that is definitely a myth. They are, uh, like we talked about, apex predators. They are critical to controlling prey populations and preventing the spread of disease, particularly by eating every last bite of their prey. And they're very smart and skilled at what they do. Yeah. And they're in these large, complicated groups, right? They're super socially complex. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have some form of intelligence, they wouldn't be able to maintain all their social bonds Mm -hmm. and like the matriarchal business and all that stuff. So it's funny, there is this, uh, there's this lady Ingrid Weisel, who is a founder of the Brown Hyena Research Project. And they study brown hyenas in coastal Namibia. And she said, for instance, after she captured a radio collared brown hyena at her study site, it took her another six years to catch a second one. Wow. Because they outsmart you every time, she says. Another myth uh, was that hyenas laugh. It's not a happy noise. Um, It is super creepy, but it's because they're upset or stressed. Mm -hmm. The third myth is that hyenas are only scavengers. That's totally not true. I read different percentages. In the Serengeti in the 1970s, there's this zoologist Hans Kruk, who found that when he saw spotted hyenas and lions share a carcass, hyenas were actually responsible for that kill um, 53% of the time. I wonder, though, if the numbers are different because it's just different in different areas. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. Depending on like... How many lions are there? How many, how many other predators? predators. Yeah. yeah. Another myth is that hyenas are weak. So a lot of like, I would say pop culture, especially if you think about the Lion King, they are kind of creepy. They're creepy in the Lion King, but they're really weak. They're subservient. And that is not the case. Also, they're like shown to be physically weak. Uh, but... We talked about their endurance. They can run forever. uh, And their endurance is the way that it is because they have a super streamlined body shape. They have the stubby hind legs that kind of like help with more explosive, stronger movements. And they also have really big lungs and hearts and wide nostrils that facilitate oxygen exchange. Wow, they're definitely runners. They're super runners. Another myth was that they're hermaphrodites. That's not the case at all. We learned that today. But there is one truth 
in all of this, and that is hyenas are vulnerable to extinction. There you go. Because there's a lot of habitat loss, widespread hunting, striped and brown hyenas are classified as near threatened. This guy Deer, he says, and though the aardwolf and spotted hyena are listed as least concerned, I am concerned. Spotted hyenas are locally extinct throughout much of South Africa, as well as West and Central Africa. Persecuted by farmers and poachers, their numbers seem to be declining outside of protected areas. I'm not super optimistic about their future, especially considering their negative public perception. Mm. Uh, That's why he and his colleagues are working hard to boost hyenas' profile, especially on social media. If non-scientists could speak for these animals, says Weisel, that's the other scientist ingrid i think Mm -hmm. that would do a lot more for the public to understand that they're not so bad not only having a bad reputation and considered a nuisance species to human according to a 2021 publication in the journal of nature communications toxoplasmosis is causing hyena cubs to be more bold when encountering danger for infected cubs hyenas up to one years old they found infected animals are bolder approaching lions from closer distances than uninfected cubs and that the infection among cubs also corresponds to a higher probability of being killed by lions in this study lions were responsible for all hyena cub deaths among infected animals but only 17 percent of uninfected cubs died before the age of one due to lion attacks toxoplasmosis yeah that's what you get from cleaning a litter box yeah will the lions eat the hyenas yeah i'm sure they would eat i mean i'm sure they would right maybe yeah so something that i think we should all go check out is the iucn has this species survival commission and they put together a hyena specialist group to contribute to and promote to the understanding and conservation of the species in the family hyenidae and I was going to say, have they, because we didn't really talk about numbers, do they even have population numbers? Because it yeah. sounds like they're kind of hard to... They have population numbers, like they're pretty robust. It's looking at the threats is what... Correct. Yeah. Habitat loss, the whole pest Yeah, they can model thing. all that stuff and predict yeah. how... And the- then this toxoplasmosis thing is kind of a newer deal oh that's causing a decline in the cubs. Hard enough to be a hyena cub. And we do follow hyena specialist group on Instagram. Basically, this group, this specialist group is just trying to get more information on hyenas and then keep them safer. Yeah, so they're probably putting together conservation actions and Correct. protective measures. One of the things they focus on is social media because they want to get out more education into the areas where hyenas live right, mm-hmm. or interact with humans. So for our organization to support today, Jen, yes, let's we finally it. got there. I think we've done them before, but I chose African Wildlife Foundation because hyenas are least concern. Mm-hmm. It, they're kind of a hard species to be like, let's donate money to them. Because people are like, but why? So yeah, you can, I mean, you can donate to the African Wildlife Foundation at any time for a lot of different species, but one of them is the hyena. They say snares kill about 400 adults per year. Oh man. Yeah. I think they're talking specifically about the spotted hyena because when you look at the map, it looks like they're just the spotted hyena's habitat. African Wildlife Foundation works against things like poaching. Mm -hmm. Um, They put money towards research, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You can go check them out at awf.org. And they do have a hyena page. It's just awf.org backslash wildlife hyphen conservation backslash hyena. Well, I think if you support them, you're really protecting their habitat, which is a lot of animals. A lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So that's about the hyenas today. That was awesome. I won't say that I like them sure. more than I did when we started the episode, Yeah, yeah. but I kind of feel sorry for them. Yeah, they're getting kind of a bad rap. I really hate that they're still catching them and using them and fighting. I just... It's not cool. hate it. I've been like sitting here thinking the whole time. Yes. Like, 
I definitely want to protect myself against hyenas. I mean, I get it that they need to be protected against like lots of the David Copperfields of the world, (laughs) all the magicians out there (laughs) after their anuses, after their like private parts. Yes, 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 yes. But I feel like I would want to protect myself and Mm -hmm. my family. Yeah, absolutely. From hyenas. You don't want to walk your kids to school every day. I got to keep the farm work going over here. You got to keep it going. Yeah, I can't be bothered with that. I'm going with some sort of like quiet shoes, like soft, soft shoes. Like, let's think about the quietest shoes we have, yes. like maybe some soft house slippers. I'm not sure. I like it. Some Crocs, perhaps. Throwing that out there. I think Crocs are kind of squeaky, though. Like, okay, a little too like squeaky. You're, you're in Africa. It's going to be Are hot. we going with some like memory foam shoes or what? what's the softest shoe we know of? Right, because you're not going to have, you can't run from them. So if you had memory foam shoes, it won't matter either way. Right. You just need some soft, quiet shoes. Soft, quiet shoes. I like it. Maybe some deodorant. Let's keep the smells out. Something that's like Axe body spray level mm-hmm. doesn't smell like Axe body spray. <laughs> it doesn't. I feel like that might attract hyenas. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they'd be into Axe body spray. Definitely. We need to be odorless. An odor shield. Do you remember odor eaters? Isn't that like what Gold Bond does? But odor eaters mm-hmm. were like the actual insert and you you know, you didn't have the powder. Uh-huh. It was just like, oh, odor eaters. Yeah. Makes your feet smell good. Some body odor eaters? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking like a shower. <laughs> but <laughs> let's just say odorless body wash and some quiet shoes. I like it. That's what you need because you don't want to smell and you don't want to be heard. That's right. That's how you're going to like creep yourself around. Odorless body wash and... A quiet pair of shoes, not Crocs. And climb a tree that doesn't have a Jaguar in it. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's simple. Let's just bring it back to what we could easily pack. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Jen. (laughs) I love that episode. That was fun. We have a couple of patrons. We do. To shout out. Uh, So I like to give our first shout out to Max. Thank you so much, Max, for uh, becoming a patron. Thank you, Max. That's amazing. We appreciate you. And I'd also like to give a big thanks to our new patron, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Thank you so much. And Rachel sent us a picture of her black kitty cat today on Twitter. That's amazing. Yeah. Super awesome. Thanks, you guys. We appreciate everything you you sent to us. We love pictures of your animals. Yeah. We need to get back on that. Honestly, we have like a whole whole file of animal pictures. And I've been procrastinating, but it'll just be like a flurry of animal pictures soon <laughs> a flurry of floofs eh, a flurry of floofs that's amazing so yeah if you i think we're going to have a new patreon patreon episode coming out in the next few weeks before march before uh yeah march. yeah it'd be amazing if it came out before march it probably is not gonna happen probably i that's it's hard this is why you love us it's hard to make that deadline you understand the procrastination yeah at least we know that it's for march like we're not just gonna be like here's your april patreon episode no like, no we, we, know. we know we know one we of know. these days it'll actually happen within the month definitely we know that you know that we know we'll get it done we'll get it done all right but just know that there was a bonus episode that just came out yeah and um some there'll be some other bonus clips coming out i you know what we had a lot of really long outtakes <laughs> you know I was you want to like, get those oh my god what were we doing we were just like chatting yeah it was well, great anyway. so we'll put those up too Please check it out. And if you would like to become a patron, check out our website, click on our Patreon link, or you can go to our link tree on Instagram and check out our Patreon that way. 
other ways you can support subscribe rate and review on apple podcasts if you give us a five-star review we'll send you a sticker possibly two if you send us pictures of your pets fill out the contact form on our website or you can just email us at you're gonna die out there at gmail.com and send me your mailing address it's that easy you can also support us by checking out our sponsor links on our website sponsor page all of our sponsors are eco-friendly zero waste you will get discounts using our discount codes and the links that we provide and you can also support us by following us on instagram or twitter and listening on any platform like stitcher google Podcasts, and spotify oh and if you have ideas for stories or you saw some interesting news or some science news feel free to send us an email or send us a dm on instagram and until next time don't die out there bye Um, how are you, Megan? We're taking it back to episode one. How are you doing, Jen? (laughs) (laughs) Intros from the past. (laughs) Sorry. I forgot what we were doing. Um, Were we supposed to say, like, I'm Jen? Do we need to to. do an intro every time? No, no, no. It's fine. Listen, do you guys know who we are already? Who are you? I don't... I'm sorry. Could you please introduce yourself? I read this thing and I was like, got it. Now I don't remember anything. Hold on, let me. <laughs> You're really good at retaining information. I know. Just like I was me. like laying on the couch, like half awake when I was reading this. You're like, that's so cool. It's actually a fever dream. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even true. I'm just making it up as I go. Um, okay, here it is. Hey, what does he remind me of? Is it uh, what's one with the big tortoise uh, with the flying dog thing? Isn't there like a big tortoise in that one that talks to the kid? Are you talking about... Never-ending story. I was about to say, are you talking about the never-ending story Yeah, right now, isn't Jen? there like a tortoise? There's a giant, very wise tortoise Yeah. that sneezes all over a tree. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. It's been a while. I'll just have you know I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I'm just looking at you like... You're so old. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> also, I recently rewatched Neverending Story with my son, mm-hmm. thinking that I was going to be really emotional when Artex, the horse, gets oh, swallowed that's up by. The worst. Was it though? Actually, it's not that bad. As an adult, Jen, it happens in like the first pff, ten minutes of the movie. It's so fast that you don't even get a chance. To, like somehow as children we saw the horse and a tray you and they just ate that one sandwich together and you were like oh my god they're like you already made up their relationship in your mind and yeah. you love them so hard and so that's why you cannot handle it but as an adult you see it and you're like yeah i don't think that that was the thing that got to me the, like my memory as a child of that movie it was more like the sparkly princess girl that was she- like oh jail <laughs> didn't she talk weird she, it was like she some... was like bastion please oh that like was that. it yeah yeah call my name yeah <laughs> yeah <It> was... <laughs> i think that was it there was something about her that i was like she's weird she's weird she's super weird i just wanted to know what the it's like bastion's mom what is bastion's mom name what, what's the name diane like karen <laughs> What if her name was just Karen? <laughs> I mean, she had a beautiful name. I have a lot of friends. I, you know, there's a lot of good Karens out it's there. It's true. It's like you wish they would have chosen a better bad name. But yeah. Like a name that no one uses anymore. What's a name no one Bertha. uses? Bertha. You're being a Bertha. Maud. Oh, God. I love Maud, though. <laughs> know, that's, that's such a great, great name. Yeah. Mods aren't like yeah. that. Yeah. How did it come up as a Karen? Who was, was it like the first it person? It should have been like a. a Karen? What was the one we brought up in the old episode from Facts of Life? Blair. 
Should have. Yes. Should have been like a Blair. A thousand times Blair. No, I feel like, yeah, there aren't a lot of Blairs anymore. It's not a name that you hear a lot now. I apologize if any Blairs out there. It's it's just like Blaine. Like the, are we just we're just offending people right we, now. for sure we have to look up if we have any listeners named, named blair blair or um, blaine we it's just like that douchey 80s collar popped loafers with no socks feathered chinos hair. feathered hair bullshit yeah and you mentioned last your last episode that you were going to talk about hyenas yeah but then the pam story the pam story oh, was which- too good I think it's coming out soon. The movie mm-hmm. with Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, Johnny underscore for Appleseed underscore who follows us and sends us a lot of cool stuff. Actually, I think he posted it on his story. The trailer, it's called Infinite Storm and it's starring Naomi Watts. It looks pretty good. I don't know. I like Naomi Watts. Me too. I'm excited. But actually, I'm more excited to hear about the hyenas today. Let's start. Would you rather die at the hands of a psycho baboon or a giggling i think bloodthirsty hyena i have to say i would definitely go baboon because maybe they'll knock you out hyenas don't care if you're uh, you know awake or not the baboon will just knock you out yeah. <laughs> like with what a roofie <laughs> and then just like <laughs> the baboon's waiting there take with you like, to their lair with like a martini <laughs> just drink this you'll feel better You've had a hard day. The hyenas were or chasing some sort you. Of, some sort of like LSD. So yeah. when you wake up, you're like, yeah, think you're also a baboon. And sure. you just. No, I would just think that you know, one baboon would, would rather like, like murder you quickly before they consume you. But hyenas. Oh, they give no Fs. No. It's done. They're like, you're alive. You're There's many of us holding you down. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was traumatized as a child. It was awful. Saw our dog connected to another dog. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, mommy. What happened? Carmen's butt is stuck to another dog's butt, and they're going in circles in the middle of the road. <laughs> oh, no. That was my description. My mom's like, uh. I'm like, when did they, like, why was spay and neuter, like, not a thing? Right? 80s. That's right. They're like, this is a really awkward situation. Like, you're at a funeral and you start laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. just can't deal with my feelings. They so can't. I'm going to giggle. I'm glad I'm not one of those people. Ugh. I just want to slap people that do that. They can't help it. Like, you. when you're trying to tell them something really serious and they laugh at you. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like murder. That's why the females are so aggressive. Aggress. It's really just that. Keep like, laughing. are you laughing at me right now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Having to walk their kids to school and how annoying that was. And the rest of the world is like, hyenas <laughs> eating your kids, yes. attacking your kids. You can't think of like a worse scenario. Yes. Really. And also the fact that they described this kid who was walking to school as being lazy. I'm like, come on. He was tired. It's like our kids. Pick it up. The hyenas can get you if you don't like pick up your pace. I feel like this generation of kids later, they're going to have kids and their kids are going to complain about walking to school or something. And they're going to be like, listen, in my day, hyenas (laughs) uphill hyenas Hyenas both ways, (laughs) both ways. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is people trying to kill hyenas to put their butthole on there as armware. Right? Arm flare. I'm going to make you a button of a hyena asshole. (laughs) Not a real one. And I'm cool with it. Good times. 